0: It's that time again. It's the Second Corinthians audio devotional podcast panel. I'm here. I'm Steve Durr. I'm here with Steve Thompson. Steve Thompson. His hair is long and strong, and you got to get that shampoo on in a man bun. In a man bun. Doesn't rhyme. Yeah. And we get. We also have
1: with us. <laughs> this is Rick Myring.
0: Rick, you the you only got a one, one th- not named Steve. You've got a really nice voice, Rick.
1: Ah, uh, they say I've got a radio voice and potentially a radio face. But hey, uh, I like that. <laughs> I'll
0: take one yeah, of those. If, seems like a compliment. I wish I had. You're no. a handsome man. You, you are a handsome man, and I'm not afraid to say that. Um, but we're here today. Uh, we've just finished our first week today of our audio devotional podcast and Second got, Corinthians of Second Corinthians, uh, which is found in the New Testament. It's a letter from Paul to the church in Corinth, which is in southern Greece. There's this interaction between Paul and this church uh, that we've been talking about. And Rick, you said something. One of the first times I we talked about doing mm-hmm. one of these audio devotionals, you said, man, I've been kind of reading this a little bit. And here's kind of how I'm feeling about Paul. Fill us in on what you were thinking.
1: Yeah, well, I think reading 2 Corinthians out of context, and I kind of knew some of the history, but I just kept reading through chapter and chapter because I had a list of different you know portions of the book or the the letter, like, hey, I could take this podcast and do a little 12 minute spot on what I think. And time after time, I just felt like there was this bickering kind of angst between the Corinthians and Paul. And sometimes he was saying, here's how I'd like you to live. And here's how I want you to forgive me. And I forgive you. And I just kind of had this angst of like, not wanting to deal with any of it, it Feel it just kind of felt like uh, why do you guys have all this tension? How did we get here? And I just was like, I don't like any of the texts that I want to touch on. <laughs> so I kind of had an, an, an aversion to it at first. Um, and that was right around Christmas when we talked. And honestly, ever since it was really great. Um, two or three weeks ago, you jumped into kind of the context of how we got to this letter. And that has already kind of lowered my guard. And, and it was a real guard. I was like, I said, to you at blue Christmas, Steve. I don't know if there's any of these I want to dig into classic Steve Durr says, well, why don't we bring you into a panel? And uh, you tell us and it, I'll bring the, the two pastors in and we'll get you to, to find some goodness in here. And what we're going to do is tell you where
0: you're wrong, but yeah, we're basically yeah. acting like Paul in that situation, I'll but just...
1: bring us into a little bit of the context you jumped into two, three weeks ago when you kind of said, here's where we are at in the series of letters that, that this is, why do yeah. we call it second Corinthians?
0: So really what this is, is you've got Paul there a year and a half in Corinth starts this church Leaves them, they ask questions, he sends a letter, they're asking for more questions, he sends a longer letter, 1 Corinthians, then they um, are struggling, they find out they're struggling, he sends someone or he goes for a visit, that visit goes really poorly, Um, and so he's supposed to go back. Instead, he sends a letter with his friend Titus to find out what's going on, to challenge them. And then he hears from them what's going on. And he sends this other letter as a response, 2 Corinthians, basically as an opportunity to get them ready for him to show up. He wants to be reconciled to them and wants to kind of put that all behind him. So there's been multiple letters. We're missing a couple. And so 2 Corinthians isn't the full second letter. It's more of like the fourth one. So anyway, I'll say it's a lot of issues and struggles in the church in Corinth. And Paul's trying to reconciled
2: but to realize that you're saying earlier paul has a long history with these people yeah and when we come to a text like this we just came freshly out of first corinthians probably if we're reading in order which is the second letter now we're going to a fourth letter and we've just missed a whole bunch of context sure so that to us paul can often come across kind of like a jerk yeah and we're like (laughs) i don't know that i like this guy like he seems pretty hardcore but, yeah, you then read the the history and get some of that context, and it's so helpful then to, like you said, lower the guard and go, oh, okay, he's really trying to work hard at a relationship with these people. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was talking with someone who said, I just don't like Paul, and I thought, okay, I mean, you know, he seems kind of mean and stuff, and I just started to recount different ways, and I kind of had that view as well along the way. But I started to, re, like, review all the ways in which he sacrificed for people, wrote letters to people, cried his heart out, hugging people goodbye, It just how tender he is and broken. And, yeah, he, you know, and he even gets mocked sometimes. Like, yeah, he's tough in his letters, but when he shows up, he's kind of a wimp. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He, and it's, he's got this heart that wants to bring them along. He is zealous, right? That yeah, for super sure. super passionate. But— I think sometimes he gets a bad rap and maybe it is because he's so strong and firm. I don't like you. And uh, like you said earlier, like, I don't like to confront people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that was maybe my own aversion to this of like, why couldn't we just have harmony, you know, being yeah. an Enneagram nine, you're like, <laughs> it's, it's amazing how they didn't just figure this out and that there's conflict, but we're all put on this world together. And I kind of chatted with you guys earlier of, I have an aversion to those hard conversations, but then when you do dig into them, and you do meet some sense of reconciliation or harmony or some forgiveness, that's, I think, part of the real work of coming back to a church or coming back to a group of people that's doing life together is it's not going to be perfect. And our willingness to to kind of come back to people and say, hey, this kind of made me feel that way. Oh, I recognize when I did this, you know, that really puts you out that way. And these I'm sorry's, or how do we move forward together? This is the The gritty work of living life together. And, and I applaud Paul for doing that
0: and being zealous with it. Yeah, that's really good. Tom, when you think of conflict and such, are you someone that's like, man, I'm quick. I can't wait to go make things right with someone. Or or do you just like to pretend nothing bad happened? (laughs) Yeah, I suppose
2: it depends on the situation, right? But I, I, I've learned, I've had to learn and a large, large part of it has just been the role on staff here, honestly um, how to jump into those more quickly. Um, and I, I don't know, me, I may play mind games with myself and I tend to, I tend to see the positive side. And so I think when I think about the positive benefits of having this conversation and how whatever happened, I think maybe could be just a misunderstanding or just a whatever, then we can get through it a lot more quickly and easily. But I definitely have to work myself up for those conversations. It's not just something I jump into.
0: Yeah. I always think that someone like is loves to go confront someone. They've got a problem. Probably do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might be the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I hate uh, conflict as well. But like to Rick's point, though, like it is kind of an act of love, though. Right. To make a relationship right. To say I value you enough. I do mourn the moments in my life when there's an issue and someone might have an issue with you and maybe they don't bring it up and they kind of just disappear from your life. And I think I've done that to people too, where I've kind of distanced myself and just said, everything's fine. Everything's fine, but it wasn't fine. And I, and I realize when people have done that to me, I haven't felt loved. And when I do that to people, it's not driven by love. And so, um, that's a real difficult thing. What's helped you, Rick, like, as another person like me, Enneagram nine, if, if you don't know what Enneagram is, it's okay. Uh, you can look it up <laughs> for personality your own typing little personality system, yeah. typing thing. Yeah. But with that being, having a perfect personality, like we do, Rick, um, <laughs> we do uh, like, what has helped you push you over the edge to have those hard conversations? Yeah. I, I think, you
1: know, what we we're talking now after Mary's message on January 21. And then I remember your parting kind of blessing about inviting the Lord in a supernatural way into that. And honestly, um, I've had some experiences in the past year with my former employer, just where my heart was significantly hardened Mm. to, I'm not prepared to forgive some folks. I'm very, very angered by how some things went. And it's been a six month, eight month process, hopefully not too much longer, but kind of in that place of, I want, I'm ready to be in a place to forgive, Mm. to really release, you have a heart and heart towards people because it's, it's not a way to live. It's going to show up on your body one way or another. And it's not having an open heart to the forgiveness that the Lord offered us. And so it's that right now I'm kind of in that same place of God, I, I want to get there and I recognize, um, a longing to get there, but I'm really asking for you to keep bringing me into that forgiveness. Wow. um, so I'm, I'm in real time right now yeah. where I'm like, I'm writing this down as a thesis of, well, said at the blessing, maybe invite the supernatural. <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I really want to get towards this place of freedom in Christ healing. And it, and it starts with forgiveness in my own heart for others.
0: Right. That's really, that is good.
1: So I don't I don't have too many great takeaways as I'm doing real time work on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the takeaway there is to be honest, yeah, right? Like yeah. your honesty and authenticity to say that is permission for all of us, right, to say I don't have to have it all together and I can struggle with forgiveness and I could want to want to forgive, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and it's okay to be honest about it. I love that. Um, so thank you for sharing that.
1: Would you say forgiveness is kind of I mean, I don't know what, what are some of the more overarching of this thing with Paul and with this letter that can be a good lens for us to kind of listen to each of these daily podcasts? Is forgiveness going to at the
0: roots of a lot of this. I think reconciliation of wanting to try to be back in a relationship together. And he does throughout the letter, bring up things. It's not like he's afraid to like bring up the elephant in the room. Like, Hey, we've had a problem. We've had a challenge and he does challenge them on things. Um, But I think one of the things I love is that I think love is a part of this because he seems to regularly, out of an act of love, sacrifice for them, wants to put them in the best possible place, wants to communicate clearly with them. But at the same time, he doesn't like pull punches in the sense of doesn't act like nothing happened. You know, there is kind of accountability, but at the same time, there's forgiveness. So um, that's what I see. How about you, Tom's?
2: I guess I. I kind of wanted to go to a bigger uh, picture in terms of the whole reconciliation process of him. And he does this with all the communities that he's a part of, but with Corinth in particular, that reconciliation piece and trying to draw them together to center it all on Jesus. Unfortunately, he feels like he's got to establish credibility all over again with them. So it feels like you're tangentially tracing that through it, but- it's constantly a rally call around Jesus and around the power of the spirit in them. And even that, that one little bit, uh, at the end of chapter one and into chapter two, where he's saying, I'm not going to force this on you. Mm. Like it's, he sounds like a parent about to treat them like adults. Like you're not kids anymore. You guys need to figure this out, but this is my recommendation. I've laid a model here. Follow this. And I guess the big picture that I, that's been hitting home for me has been how divided the church is in America right now mm. and heading into 2024, a political is something year happening
0: in 2024, the political year, <laughs> the election year <laughs> yep, sure. where that's
2: historically been divisive, but yeah. all the more recently. Right. And our, our country has not handled this well recently um, with political unrest, with uh, civil unrest even. And it, that it feels like that's reaching a pitch where, we need a Paul's cry to say the church can lead the way in looking like what it looks like to be committed to one another in love and in the power of Jesus that bypasses all of our differences about how we think politically things should be handled or, you know, through power and law things should be handled because we are first and foremost, a, a body of Jesus and we cannot separate on that. So anyways, I, I feel like that's, yeah. For, and for me to bring it down then to the individual level is how am I then seeking to love and forgive people that I don't necessarily agree with or who have hurt me through things that they've said, and yet they're my brother and they're my sister, right. and I still want to be in relationship with them. I still want to be worshiping with them shoulder mm-hmm. to shoulder. So what does that look like and how do we pursue
0: that? Yeah, that's really good. Being shaped by the cross and the way of Jesus rather than the culture and the way of the world. Um, That's really good, Toms. Thank you. Well, let's close our time in prayer here. Um, I'll pray and then uh, we'll be on our way. God, thank you so much for being a God who cares deeply about us, not just individually, but corporately, community-wise. Um, and so, Lord, we do pray for your Holy Spirit to help us in those moments when we have struggles with each other, uh, when we have struggles with people within our faith family and our community, people who think differently, act differently, whatever it is, God, may we love like you. May we sacrifice like you. May we follow your way, the way of the cross. God, would you bring about forgiveness? Would you bring about restoration? Would you bring about wholeness and healing? And God, um, and when possible, reconciliation. But God, we pray for unity within the body of Christ so that we could together be like a lighthouse out uh, on the breakers and people can see uh, a new way, a light, you, Jesus, in this world. And, uh, Lord, we need to be unified in you for that. So, God, do the work we need to do uh, in us, through us, and we thank you for this time together. Speak to us through this letter. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys have a great week.